it is episode two, season two of Shit Gets Real. I'm Tony Hedstrom. And I'm Selena Stam. So this week we're talking about appraisals. Yes. So the first thing I want to say about appraisals is they are not an inspection. No. A lot of people think that a VA appraisal is an inspection of their home, for example. It's funny because it's it's a that is more common than you think that people are saying, "Well, I need I have to have the an inspection." I'm like, "No, it's the appraisal," and mm-hmm. then you explain it and yeah. So an appraisal, um, that guy is not going to inspect the house, or girl. He doesn't get on the roof. He doesn't go in the attic. He doesn't check your plumbing and electrical. Depending on the loan type, he may have a list of criteria. Like there's certain things he has to look for on an FHA appraisal, certain things he needs to look for on a V appraisal, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But he's not inspecting the house. No. Mm -hmm. No. So what exactly is an appraisal? Well, it is finding market value. Mm -hmm. of your home and it's not you can call it market value but they call an appraisal opinion of value and that's what's so frustrating Mm -hmm. about them it's an opinion of value of whomever has been assigned that appraisal right so here's here's a little story about appraisals you could have the very same house and you can have three appraisers show up at the same time Mm One guy parks here, one guy parks here, one guy parks here. They all step out at the same time, they step onto the lawn at the same time, they do their thing at the same time, and they leave at the same time. And you will likely have three three very different values. It's funny because um, there's been a handful of times where we've contested an appraisal, Mm -hmm. you know, because the value came in just ridiculously low. And here's my proof and I'm looking at other comps and I'm like how can you how can you say this and this and this and I'm I did all this research and the appraiser it was like talking to a brick wall like yeah. he's just like nope that's not what I saw mm-hmm. it's it's a frustrating process when it comes in low because really fighting is. for that value but going back to the history of appraisals um, I want to bring this up because I had a, a seller that mm-hmm. we re- represent last night asked me, well, can we choose the appraiser? And so here's the important thing. Nobody in the uh, transaction can actually choose Mm -hmm. the appraiser. So that appraisals were um, like one of the big issues with how the market fell back in the early 2000s, mid late 2000s. So right now what they have are appraisal ordering companies. So an appraisal ordering company has in its I'm going to, in its pockets, not a good name, on its um, list, however many appraisers, right? So let's assume that appraisal ordering company ABC mm-hmm. has 20 appraisers, right? And what they do is when a lender gets in touch with the appraisal ordering company and orders an appraisal, it's almost like they turn a wheel. It's like a round robin or however you want to say it. Yeah. Nobody knows. They're like this mysterious person. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's all really to benefit the consumer, right? They don't want an appraiser who is working for the lender, who is working for the buyer, Mm -hmm. who certainly is working for the seller. You know, this appraiser has to have somewhat of a shield, Mm -hmm. right? They can and sometimes are and sometimes are not. 
but they can't uh, be open to looking at comps that an agent provides mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, most of them will take that paperwork from you. Do they read it? I don't know. Does it just go in the trash can? I don't know. Um, but one of the key things about an appraisal ordering company is if they're hiring appraisers that are not from the area, okay? So when we see appraisals that are really off, it tends to be an appraiser that's drove in from like Fort Myers yeah. or something. Yeah, and it really, it, you're right, every single time you look at where they're at, where they came from, and you're like, you don't even know this area. Yeah. It's, and it's frustrating because why in the world would, I don't know, It'd be like me going to sell houses in Miami. Yes. I know nothing about the area. Yeah. I would not be benefiting my client. Mm-hmm. So and, and can you control that? Well, I think there are ways. I mean, I guess a seller could require that an appraiser live within so many miles. It might make it really difficult right now because appraisals are so So I've behind. seen it. I've actually seen um, there's a big group around here. And one of the requirements is the, sell, the appraiser must reside within 10 miles of and they they want that in the contract mm -hmm. but like you said i'm sure it could be difficult yeah i mean 10 miles how, i don't yeah. really know that's kind of unrealistic and i'm not real sure if they're able to uh -huh. do that um but you know an appraisal is an opinion of value and it's it's like has a shelf life of a few months and mm -hmm. in this market maybe a shelf life of one month yeah. right and one of the things we're seeing with appraisals is because it's been such a frenzied market and, and people are paying so much more for houses that when an appraiser is pulling comp sales, I know they try to stay within six months to a year, right? And those comp sales aren't keeping up with the demand. So if the appraiser is not putting a market adjustment in there, it, the, the appraiser is going to tend to have a, a low value compared yeah. to what the buyer is willing to buy, right? Mm -hmm. One thing I can tell you about appraisals. So recently, you know, we were able to secure a home for one of our clients and they paid more than the appraisal, which is extremely common. So I'm just, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, so I'm just going to make up numbers for the example. So we offered 260 and the house appraised for 245, mm -hmm. right? And they ended up paying, you know, the 245 was the max the lender mm -hmm. would loan on because that was the appraisal. So they had to bring the $15,000 cash to make the difference. What I told that home buyer is, you know, I realize that you're paying over the appraised value, but you your house at closing has just become worth 260 see because an a, a value a market value is what a seller is willing to sell and what a buyer is willing to buy for so that closed price at 260 that home is now comps for homes in the area so now their home is worth 260 mm -hmm. right so it's not something um that's really going to hurt you if you're paying a little bit more than the appraisal value i believe yeah i mean and that is always a fear because people, you know, I just had a conversation with my buyers now, they're not under contract yet, but they're fully prepared to bring the gap cash if mm -hmm. needed. And um, and he kept saying, I just have a hard time paying over the value. Yeah. And so we had a similar conversation, but it's just, it's just explain it to them. And when you explain it like that, yeah. it like, it's like a light bulb comes on. They're like, oh, that yeah. makes sense in, in the way this market is going. Mm -hmm. So... In our first episode, we spoke about inspections, and I was talking about items that could have an effect. It's really for the appraisal, not for the inspection. Yeah. So when we're working with buyers who are VA or FHA, that's what are some items? Let's name off some items that we can, that we know could potentially be an issue for the appraisal. So I know that um, 
with a VA loan that you have to have the termite inspection, yep. right? The WDO mm -hmm. inspection. So when we're looking at a house, if we see a lot of, you know, rotted wood, so um, your fascia, mm -hmm. uh, the trim around exterior doors, you know, um, around the garage. I was just gonna say the the most area that we notice on every house is around the garage. Around the garage. If we see a lot of rotted wood like that, um, it's gonna put up a red flag. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the roof. How old is a roof? It has to have how many years of life left? Well, right now, I mean, I'm seeing that it needs at least five to six, mm -hmm. where before it used to be three to five, but now it's kind of over the years. And when I say before, I'm talking 15, 16 yeah. is when, yeah. when I was noticing that, but now it's about five years left on the roof. But, at and this is going off a little bit, even at 15, we're having some issues with insurance. Yeah, with insurance. So... Another thing that on those government-backed loans, you know, they tend to look at the water heater. Yeah. But the water heater can also be an insurance issue. Mm -hmm. We'll have to talk about insurance yeah, in another podcast. Yeah. But, um, you know, and we're going to see these things. Now, that's something that Selena and I are very accustomed to because we've helped veteran buyers for many, many years. Yeah. We've probably closed thousands. And so we, we're pretty good at eyeballing a house and knowing if it's gonna have trouble passing an appraisal. Yeah, I mean, I remember back, like I said, 15, 16, those years, where peeling paint was an issue, mm -hmm. um, older windows, if they were not operating correctly yeah. and or had a crack in them. But right now, I haven't really seen mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those used to be the, the major. Which, these are all reasons why uh, VA and FHA loans probably have a bad rap, uh -huh. right? But, you know, what does it keep a veteran from buying? Well, in many cases, it could be um, like a foreclosure mm -hmm. or some kind of cheap cash-only house, mm -hmm. right? The reason they call it cash-only is because it typically won't pass, it won't pass. appraisal, mm -hmm. <laughs> appraisal in inspections. Mm -hmm. And there's that word again where appraisal is mixed with inspection. Yeah. So the appraiser is not inspecting the home, but he's going to be able to determine by researching permit history and looking at the roof, a visual observation, whether that roof is determined to have at least five years of life, mm -hmm. he's going to be able to walk around the property as he's measuring and visually observe if there are any uh, rotted wood and things like that. He can visually observe the uh, water heater and different things like that. So he's not inspecting the home. He's making an observation and coming up with an opinion of value. Sometimes it's a decent opinion. Sometimes it's a really shitty opinion. But <laughs> you know, you can protest if you think the appraisal is wrong. The agent can protest that. We don't see much success, but we do hear of some success. Uh, We've yeah. been successful a few times, and yeah. then a few times we don't even think they read our email. Um, but, you know, you are at the mercy of that appraisal. Mm -hmm. And I think this part for me is, you know, you're always very confident in, like, the offers you're right or your listings, you know, your yeah. price that you set. But for me, I'm always the most anxious for the appraisal to come back just because I've seen it where I'm like, I am so confident, and here's this. And I even put together that really nice packet I spent a dollar <laughs> on this really nice thing, and I presented it to the appraiser, and it came in $15,000 low. Yeah, you're like, like I, I want my, my folder back, back, asshole. Yeah. He, all he back. cared about was going fishing. That's all he talked about. So... <laughs> You know, it's the appraisal for me, I'm always a little anxious. Yeah. And then once we get it back, then I can, whether it's low or not, then I'm like, okay, now I can focus and know which direction to go. So um, what else was I going to say? I want to talk about how, you know, in, in today's market, in this frenzied market we're in, where people are waiving uh, contingencies, yeah. right, where they're 
waiving the appraisal or they're waiving their loan contingency or something like that. Um, again, it's a, it's a matter of being prepared for the cash difference and it's really up to your agent to do the very best they can to tell you what this house is most likely going to appraise for. And so here's, here's a good one. So we are mainly right now talking about the buyer side, mm -hmm. right? So let's switch gears and talk about the seller. Okay. So recently Donna on our team had this situation where, um, so she was the listing agent. We rep she represented the seller. The appraisal came in low. Yeah. Little, how much how low was it? Um, it wasn't that low. It, it was like 10, five. So the, let me skip a little bit. Okay. So okay. the key to this whole story mm -hmm. is that the list price was 290 and the contract was, the appraisal came in there at 295, go. but the offer price was I think 300. 300. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, and if it was two ninety. It still came in five thousand over where she had originally listed it at. It was awesome. Uh -huh. We're, you're getting five thousand at a price for five thousand more. This is good news. Well, it wasn't good news for the seller because the seller felt like now she was being pressured. They were being pressured to have to sell for lower than the contract, the contract price. Mm -hmm. Turns out the seller's not obligated mm -hmm. to sell for lower than the contract price. So here's the scenario. The buyer puts in the contract that they are willing to pay 10000 above the appraisal not to exceed X, which is the typically the purchase price. price. So let's assume that the house is listed for 250 They offer 325 which, you know, that kind of high offer is very common. Mm -hmm. um, but, of course, the buyer is going to have an appraisal, so they say, look, you know, we'll pay... 15,000 over the appraised value not to exceed the 325, right? Well, let's let's just imagine if that appraisal came in not at the contract price, not at the list price of 250. What if it came in at 220? Yeah. Is the seller obligated to pay to sell it for 235 for the 220 appraisal plus the gap cash? Absolutely not. This is confirmed by speaking to legal counsel at mm -hmm. the legal hotline. Yeah. You know, we went in, we called them, we made sure this is new verbiage that agents are using. Um, and in no way is that seller obligated. The only, only thing that seller is doing by signing that contract is acknowledging that the buyer is willing to bring that cash. It is not forcing the seller to sell for some unknown number. Yeah, so we're always big believers in... Um, you're, we're always learning something. We don't know everything we like to think we do, yeah. but we're always learning. So now, and I just did it last night, mm -hmm. um, adding verbiage if there's the gap cash, yes. that the seller is not obligated to pay to sell the house below a certain amount, which is what the list price typically yes. is. And I talked to Tony about this last night, and you know, I sent the contract over, and the guy called me. The agent called me. He's like, I don't get this. I said, it's basically saying the seller is not obligated to sell the house if the appraisal comes in at 420 you've agreed to pay 10,000 over he's not selling it for 430 yes oh yeah it was yep he goes okay yeah no problem yeah yeah so another thing to look at on offers in regard to value I had a house this weekend that I listed for 509 and one of the offers I got was for <laughs> 610 and it wasn't the best it's offer so crazy so in the end, they've mm -hmm. been, and it was the highest offer contract yes. price, 
But it wasn't the high, the best offer ultimately, mm -hmm. right? I won't get into that, but sometimes it's not just about what's in that one line that on the contract. That's right. Um, you know, we are inviting that contract to be a backup. But here's the point. The way the contract was written, the seller would never have seen 610. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. They could have put a million dollars on there. That's right. And that's the thing. You get, Here's a million dollar contract for you. <laughs> Whatever. I, it's selling for 250 <laughs> So... All right. Well, I think we've gone over. I mean, everything during the appraisal process can be tricky, but as long as you have an experienced agent that is representing you, whether you're the buyer or the seller, yes. you're in good hands. So um, don't overthink it. Don't stress out too much about it. It's yeah. just the process and you have to trust it as you go through it. Yes, 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 yes. So, Unless you have cash. Then there's no worries. <laughs> then you just throw that cash in the house. <laughs> If it sticks at your house, that's it. Um, all right. So we thank you for joining us on um, episode two of season two of Shit Gets Real. Yes. We appreciate your time. And don't um, forget to subscribe, like, and join or share. I mean, so we will see you. <laughs> we will see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.